All right. Hi, everyone. Um, I hope you have been having a great day. I hope you're feeling really good. We're about to have um, a session, the first session for series four, the rise of institutions on the forum. And um, we'll be having a special guest um, with us, Mr. Olusion Onigbinde, the founder of Budget, of Budget, Budget Foundation. Uh, he's going to be talking to us about how to democratize political power when we want to give rise to institutions, you know, as proposed in the Venture Matrix for the Future of Africa. So Mr. Olusion is going to join us shortly and we would kick off. Okay. Just a minute, just, uh, just a minute, please. I'll come soon. Okay. All right, guys, so you know how we do it. Um, let me know your expectations in the comment section. Share your excitement. Um, I hope you have read series four, The Rise of Institutions, so that you can understand the flow and direction of conversations that we're about to have with Mr. Olusion. So let me know your, your, your expectations. Let me know how you're feeling. Let me know what you're looking forward to. Um, this is the best time to also create expectations. Maybe quickly drop a question, um, you know, one question or two questions from what you read in the article and are looking forward to getting answers on, right? Um, you know, getting people like Mr. Lucio is, 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 is an interesting thing because, you know, he's a very busy person and um, we need to fully maximize the privilege of having him with us. So let me know in the comment section, what are your expectations? What are you looking forward to? Um, what are the things you're hope, hoping to learn and the mysteries that you're hoping to demystify? So let, let's just um, share our excitement in the comment section. So are you ready to go, sir? Yeah, I'm ready, yeah, I'm ready. All right, so welcome everyone to the forum on the venture where we'll be discussing tough questions, uh, trying to get answers to those tough questions especially when it relates with the virtual matrix for the future of Africa. So we've had um, so many sessions. We've had sessions on series one up to series three, the matrix. And now we're going into series four, the rise of institutions with Mr. Olusheon Onigbinde, the founder of Budget. So great to have you here, sir. How are you doing, sir? I'm fine. I'm good. Uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be here too. Um, I mean, I and thanks so much for doing this. I know I already... Really had a conversation prior to the very short conversation. I wish it was more. But like you said, I mean, it's always a challenging time to find um, find opportunities for a long, long conversation. I'm five hours behind. And I like yeah. itself, um, that itself messes up some love of my timing. But it's fine. We would, we would find a lot of, we'll find a lot of ways. I'm sure we'll find a lot of joy and a lot of opportunity as we go along the way. All right. Awesome. Thank you for share, sharing that enthusiasm with us. So on the forum, we have 15 minutes batch um, conversations. Um, we start off with a trivia where we try to establish a connection between our guests and the conversation we're about to have. Then we have the discourse where we try to understand 
the environment around the conversation, the reality of the conversation. Then we have a strategy session where you give us a, um, a practical routes to action that we can take. And then the forum, we focus down and zero in on one thing we need to do from af um, you know, after the whole conversations have, have, have been had. So first off, I'm going to start off with the trivia. Um, what, are the, what, what are the dysfunctions within the undergraduate community? Or you know, since your target audience is not mainly the undergraduate community, um, mm. it's, it's, it's mostly the populace, the, the, the electorate of Nigeria, right? So let us talk about young people, but then you could zero in on the undergraduate community. But what are the dysfunctions creating a gap between young people and inclusion in political conversations? Yeah, I mean, thanks so much. Uh, I, and in political conversation, I remember when I was a student, I never voted because somehow you, uh, when it's time for registration, you are, in, uh, you are at, in school. When it's time to vote, the school is closed down and you are sent back home. So you never even, even when we were of age to vote, you, I never even had that chance to vote in there. Um, but I believe, you know, if you look at the U.S. economy um, and U.S. election, um, and, you, and also take a view at the Bernie Sanders movement, um, which is the, um, I won't say far right, but far left, sorry, far left uh, wing of the Democratic Party, you would see that that has been strongly pushed by the students. The students have been... Um, the strong uh, the, the energy you know of that group and it's just because um, they also they have the energies they have the, they have the numbers and it's something around Nigerian students we have numbers you are going to we're going to ask ourselves uh, how many how many numbers how many do you even need to win an election in Nigeria we've been playing around 15 million for president to be in the election the presidential election in Nigeria um, if the students are able to arrange themselves and organize themselves, and even if they are just two million in number, and they are saying our demands are on ABC, someone's going to definitely listen to them. But there's a deliberate way that students are disenfranchised um, around the elections, and I don't find that acceptable. Um, but and and I guess that everything all comes down to politics. I mean, allocation of public resources. It's all about politics. Um, the governance systems, it's all about politics. I mean, we saw the Ondo state governor yesterday, despite all the whole crisis um, with um, the state university around school fees and things like that. He went ahead, he bought brand new cars for his state house of assembly members in a pandemic or in times when Nigerians are struggling. So, I know he did that not because, so he, and he was the same person that was saying, oh, we, we can't afford to keep subsidizing the university, but there's enough money to buy, to buy brand new cars. For, for legislators. So in, in any way, it all comes about self-preservation of the political elite. Um, and that, that is something that we have to be extremely mindful of as, as students. And, and it, we've lost it. And I'm, you know, we, there was a time, look at in the 70s, late 70s, there was Ali Mosgo protests, a student-driven protest that shook the entire country to its foundations. You know, uh, just because there was a mild hike in school, in, 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 in school fees then, as I then, when you look at that money, I'm sure it was maybe one naira fifty kobo to three naira. It was something that I mean, we look at, we look back in context, and we we'll say oh, what exactly, how much exactly was that? But they, they shook the entire from Unilag where the whole where the whole 
um, protests began, around to going around the entire country, it should be really shook the country. Um, so, and I, and, it, and it was on the power of students understanding, having, understanding their organizing power. You know, I, I, within within, but a lot of times I've seen people turn student union governments now to, you know, self-aggrandizement and uh, and then on public opportunity to you know, to extort politicians. I think that's where we get it missing. The students have lost their organizing power. Hmm. Um, and my way how much we look at it, the student union government is, a, is an institution hmm. within the framework. I mean, hmm. I. I was a member of the Student Representative Assembly for four years when I was in university. On mm. the for the SUG president in my school, even though I lost by 21 votes or something. Mm. So, I mean, I, I, also went, I also understood the, the, the transformative power of, of, of student leadership. Mm. But to be honest with you, we have eroded that over the years just because we have not understood that those spaces should be solely to protect student interests. But a lot of times that's also become about preservation of its leaders. Um, I think I would just give it at that. Yeah. Wow, that was that was really insightful, sir. Um, so the second question is, can you give us a little insight into um, your work today? Mm. And you know, is there any is there any connection mm. to that experience of the political environment as an undergraduate that connects to what you've built budget into today? To be honest, I mean. You know, sometimes we are all wired differently. You can have two children on the same day and, and they, they choose children parts in life. And some can, one can be excited, one can be shy. I mean, you don't, sometimes you don't write this DNA codes. And I think one thing that has been consistent in my DNA code was um, leadership. I mean, and, and that's why I, tell people that I don't rule out politics from my, um, from, my, from my future trajectory, you know. Because I mean, I, I I believe that the instrument of political leadership um, should be meant, you know, for social good. I mean, should, should be meant for societal development. I mean, we have too many people. We are not going to come back to this world twice. I mean, if if you truly believe, if we if that's our own belief, but and so when people are here, let us make it count for them. And one of the biggest instruments that we can use to make that happen is is, is the use of public resources. I I've always cringed at how the situation of Nigeria over the years. I mean, it's um, it, uh, it it disturbs me. Um, even when I didn't have much, even then when my own family was also a very lower middle class family. Um, even right now, it's still it's still a pain, you know. And I believe that, you know, right from that beginning up to when I, you know, whereas I, even before I got to university, I was always writing articles in about Nigeria, the state of politics. Just a seventeen year old guy. When I got to the university, I, I, I first joined the SRI. I joined the SRI in 100 level. I was in SRI in 100 level, which is the Student Representative Assembly. I, then I became the faculty president in 200 level. That's to tell you how, how incredible I, 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 I... But we were the inaugural sets. We were the inaugural sets, so there was nobody ahead of us. So um, in FUNAB, in engineering, so it was, it was, it was not impossible. Um, then I became the head of CDHR, Committee for Defense of Human Rights, for the old school at 200 level, you know. Um, and it was, and it was also always about own personal agitation, you know, to see students demand or to see young people demand a much more effective society. Um, until there's a demand, we cannot distort the markets, the political market space. Mm. Um, if the only people we have there are those who are giving all the supply and either they are under supplying the environment and there's no extra demand, 
the market space will keep remaining as it is. So there has to be a push mm. within the space, which is the demand. There has to be a push. Um, I think that really, and getting out of university, I didn't win the SG election. I mean, I didn't feel bad about that too much, but I knew that there was also something much more bigger um, in terms of um, leadership, advocacy, politics, even in my own personal life. And I knew that, yeah, I mean, starting budget also was a product of all that continuous you know, reflection. I, I needed to do something. I was working in First Bank. Typically, a graduate gets a job in First Bank within three months of you know, NYIC. You feel cool. You feel like you have the world on your feet. And there's nothing extra to do again. There's no nobody was expecting me to, you know, say you're going to resign and start budget. But I mean, you also have to understand that we have to be wired. And I don't want to get anybody to believe that that has to be your path, you know. But purpose is very, very important. As young people, as undergraduates, we must constantly reflect about where exactly is our purpose in hmm. society. Wow, amazing. Um, you know, to further explore that question, we'll round up the first uh, session with, with, with this question. Now, you, 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 you've exposed us to that recurrent reflection on the trajectory of Nigeria and what would happen and the role that young people need to play, right? Can you give us an a case of, of understanding the, the gravity or the, the, the magnitude of why young people need to get involved in the political landscape. And this is, this is why we need to understand that. You know, if we don't know the why, you know, what, what, one of the things that I, I, I was able to establish in the series for um, Rise of Institutions was that the way we redesign and sustain things is when we can focus on the why, right? So we're trying to create an, an enabling environment for economic value creation within our universities and the political space will play a huge role especially the rise of institutions. So why do we need to pay attention to this at this point in time? To be honest, I mean, it's to look at Nigeria's trajectory itself. I mean, look at us. I'm writing a book called Existential Questions, which will be out in November. And look at us in 1916. Everybody looked at us like, oh, this, are, this is going to be the face of Africa. I mean, time as this says, whatever Africa becomes, it is what Nigeria has shown to the world. I mean, we were going to become like the, the pride of the black nation. We had population on our side. We had quality education on our side, relative as at that period. We had, we had a TV station before Spain, before Italy, you know. Um, we, we looked like we, were, we knew what we were up to. I mean, we had a skyscraper I mean, in, in Ibadan, I mean, as early as 1965. Some countries, even, most, even South Africa, did not even, did not, had not even dreamt of things like that. So we were, we were, we were, we were shown to go on a trajectory. Now, we're a country of a population of maybe around 45 million people. And gradually, see us exploded to 200 million people. And, and like 80% of Nigerians are below the age of 45. Um, so just clearly saying that we are going to be a young country and the trajectory means that by 2050, we'll possibly be the third most populous country in the world. We, we, we are, those things are going to happen and we are going to ask ourselves in, a, in very clear times, what, what would it mean for us? And what it's going to mean for us is that we have little resources and we have more people. And they definitely, we already, we are now, we already even see the evidence of that. Either it's kidnapping or either it's, um, you know, it's suicide bombing or terrorist activities, bandage. All of that is a reflection of too many young people with so many energies without clear out about purpose, about the evil, about sustenance. So it's all gone into crime. 
And when you have people who mix it around with ideology of, um, of religion and things like that, they easily can be exploited. My own, the why for me, for, for young people when it comes to politics is, you know, the, the salvation of Nigeria so um, is a, must, be, must be one that we are fully interested in and we have to show tenacity in. Um, and, and, and I am not saying join the rush into politics, but this, the awareness, the understanding, the sense of, 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 of this country has to get better and I have a role to play in it. It has to be constantly on our minds. Because I mean, we can say, okay, maybe Canada is the escape route. Well, we cannot ship to Canada. I mean, we all, all these Canada things over is, is, is glamorized, but Canada does not admit more than 20,000 Nigerians. Does not admit more than mm. 20,000 Nigerians in the last three or four years. So, I mean, we're a country of 180 million people. How many people would have the opportunity to go to Canada or to go to US or wherever? You know, it's very important for us to understand that the salvation of Nigeria is, is, is important. And, and the reality is that there's a, there's a contention of forces the people whose interest is to keep the status quo as it is, that those who are working towards the progress of society we must constantly be on the side of progress. And I guess, and if people, if you want to do politics, please go ahead. Now, I'm not talking about the politics that is big. No, I'm talking about retail politics. It could be mm. just in your streets. It could mm. be just in your world. It could be just that sense of, I have an extra amount of money and I'm using it to build engagement within my community. It could even be about a collapse within the community. Oh, there's a road that is bad, but I'm going to take an extra effort to reach out to the honorable of the member assembly to ensure that that road is done. People are going to be aware that, yes, um, Sophia Abdurrahman or Adeola took an extra effort to make sure that those roads, that road gets constructed. I mean, those are the kind of things I want us as young people to show much more interest. But like I said, mm. it's all about interest. And their concerned interests and their private interests, their public interests. And if we are not ensuring that the public interests over supersede the private interests, mm. then definitely we are not going to get the society that we want. We collapsed as a country just because we lost interest in productivity. Mm. We, now, we now move into a rentier economy. Mm. Um, look, at, look at someone that's, whose father built a house um, and left the person with a nice mansion. And the man died, and the son of the landlord, and I know I see this often in Lagos, the son of the landlord doesn't take care of the house, doesn't clean up the house, doesn't do anything at the house. Mm. All he does is he just appears once in a year and asks for his rent. And that's what exactly we have done. We have not polished, we have not garnished, we have not, in, we have not even thought of productivity. Mm. You know, you know, the only thing we did is we drill oil, we take rent. We drill oil, we take rent. And that's for something we never even worked for. I mean, that was not an oil that we say we planted or we seeded. You know, mm. It was something by force of nature that we have opportunity to get. So until we build a country anchored on productivity, mm. that is exactly when we are going to become the country we should be. But if the country with its elite thinking and with its, with its working class, it's up front, it's just running around rent system, rent system, then definitely we can, we can get the kind of country that we should, we should, we should have. Wow, thank you so much for such insights. I, you know, wow, he has me, he has me humbled. So let's jump into the next session, which is called the discourse. Um, so in, 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 in series four, the rest of institutions, the discussion was about the democratization of political, social, and economic power through institutions. Now, there is a way that institutions are currently being built and run, and we need to understand that if we as a community will begin to create 
or drive ours within that our ecosystem. So the first question is, how can we understand, or what are the factors that define the power dynamics of politics? That political environment, what are the defining factors that you know, the rise of that institutions need to be aware of to properly navigate that area, especially here in Nigeria and, and you know, if, 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 if possible, Africa? That's a, that's a tough question. <laughs> there was a day I was watching a documentary on FDR, that's Franklin Delano Roosevelt, America's 32nd president. You know, and he spoke about, um, he spoke some, there was a part that said the society prevailed on him to run for office. And that was, got to my mind, it got to my attention, and society prevailed on him to run for office. See, politics is a form, is a product of elite consensus. It's something we must first understand. See, people, people, people talk about voting, but voting is the lowest form of power in a democratic system. And the reason is because you are going to affirm the choices that the political elite had laid before you. I mean, mm. so you, in 2023, you get it in an article. I mean, you are going to choose between what has been offered to you. So as if people talk about poly voting, go and vote, go and vote. No, it's important in a democratic system. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, because it's the lowest, does not mean it's, impo it's not important. But it's not what really transforms the environment. What transforms the environment is the process where leaders get the process that gets leaders to public positions. And, and that's why a society mm. cannot rise beyond the prevalent thinking of its elites, which means that people mm. deliberately, people who have resources, they have the educational abilities, um, they, have, they have the right thing, they have the exposure, and they, in their own self-enlightened interest, they make a decision for the kind of society that they want to create. I mean, the failure of Nigeria is not the failure of poor people. It's not the failure of people mm. that collected 500 naira on election day. Those guys are basically on the strand of survival. They don't know better. Mm. They're just trying to exist. It is mm. the people who have created the conditions that perpetuate them in those systems that we should mm. be dragged around. What exactly are you doing? And, 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 and that's the reason why, you know, we must be in that awareness that for us to be able to take part in politics or for us to be able to lead in politics or to even lead to, uh, get opportunity in positions. There are gatekeepers, there are people in, within these spaces that decide it is the time for you to go. Now, in a, in a, in a decent society, you see that those, those things are put around, those things are put around, okay, we know that you have worked for the society, you have served the society. We see quality of thinking. That's why you look at Kamala Harris, who is US Vice President. She was an attorney general of the state of California before you now say, okay, it's time for you to become a, to become a senator. Or you have someone like um, um, Elizabeth Warren, who was the head of one of the US um, antitrust uh, agency. Now, okay, now Elizabeth Warren, we are now a senator. You know, people have distinguished themselves to an extent within the private life. Before you now say, go ahead and go and do politics. Or a market that was captured in Vietnam. Or a Barack Obama that was an Harvard law professor and I was a community organizer in Chicago. That's what you do before you do politics. Not because Barack Obama was a multimillionaire. It's a decisive thing. And that's what's the difference between what we have in Nigeria and what, they, and what societies don't progress. The elite in Nigeria looks at who has much more money. 
you know, who can be much more controlled? Um, who is going to, who's going to, who's going to make my, who's, you know, it's not about who's going to make the lives of society better, who's, who has created a track record around that. I think that's where we have extremely failed. The, the kind of elites that we have in Nigeria, they don't have a consensus around a society that, that works. They have a consensus around their own self-preservation. And that's the first challenge that we have as a country. The second thing is that what do we now do? We need to create a counter-elite. That's mm. not the reality. Um, we mm. create a new elite. And, 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 and it's not impossible. I mean, I always tell people, I mean, 10,000 people that are able to give 100,000 in a year to Nigerian politics, that's a billion naira. Hmm. You know, a billion naira is going to go a lot. It's going to go far. You know, it's going to really go far. You know, in terms of what exactly, of, I mean, to some extent, in terms of making a, a statement around the kind of political system that we want. And until we create a new counter elite, and I'm not, and that counter elite, he might create his own platform, if possible. It might, it might still be embedded in the current um, mainstream systems that we have, but there has to be a new, a, a, an elite with a new thinking that's who's more interested in the advancement of the society than in their own self-preservation. And until those counter-elites rise up in Nigeria, and they are deliberate about people they put in public office, people that lead institutions, hmm. they are the kind of society you know, that, that we want. Let me just... Let me just <laughs> wow so much you know I, I already told um the leaders participating in the program that you know you are just a bundle you know you have to restrict yourself from how much you have to say thank you so much for that now that 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 brings you know that directly connects to the question i i wanted to ask right now this rise of a counter elite mm. it would it would demand an institutional reform an institution an institutional approach mm. right so how do we create these institutions? How do we build these institutions? How do we drive these institutions that sustain both the creation, development, and um, you know, existence of this counter, this, this counter elite? So it's about how do we build institutions that are disruptive, basically, you know, like budget. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's this quote by uh, Ralph Emerson. He says, every great institution is a lengthened shadow of a single man. His character determines the character of the organization. And I won't say single man, I would just say, I mean, I mean, institutions are shadows of, is like, it's like they're shadows of individuals. So, I mean, I mean, Barack Obama came at the time and said, now, Africa does not need strong men, it needs strong institutions. The reality is that Africa needs strong men and also needs strong institutions because at the end of the day, it takes strong men to create strong institutions. Um, the reality is that for us to create a counter-elite institution, because it's a bit challenging when you see institutions of the state, and it's never going to be an easy task. I mean, INEC, police, um, the, the justice system, all compromised, you know, extremely compromised. So definitely it's not going to come as a Tea Party. And like Bolatin Wu keeps always saying, Power is not going to be served a la carte. It's not going to be that we're going to we're not going to walk into a buffet, and they say, "Oh, the menu is set, the menu is ready." You know, you can have it. The, the guys who are sitting in those spaces also hustled, struggled either by proper or improper means to keep the reign of what they currently have. 
it is going to be left for us to also be deliberate. Development of institutions requires some deliberate action and, 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 and some organization. We need to organize one and we need to be deliberate. Then we need to also be able to understand compromise. You know, see, um, a lot of times, we, and because when you're trying to build institutions, you have to see that, you have to ask yourself, are you building something that is larger than yourself? Or are you a lot about building yourself? A lot of times, why we have not been able to be the counter everybody wants to be president. I mean, look at the whole last election. There was going to be a third first candidate, and no one can even agree to step down for each other. I mean, everybody wants to be president in APC, too. But somebody, everybody would have to make compromises along the way before they now finally say, okay, we're giving the ticket to Tinubu, we're giving the ticket to Shibaju, we're giving the ticket to Fire Me or Aero Fire, wherever it is. They would have to be, but within the, those who want to be counter elite, they've not understood the power of compromise in terms of setting yourself behind and letting the institution itself thrive, you know, and let, and, and be able, and that's the kind of compromise I'm, I'm, I'm talking about. And I'm not about compromise of values. So for me, I, I believe it's going to require us to strengthen institutions. APC is an institution. PDP is an institution. You're going to knock it into any word in Nigeria. You're going to find a PDP person there, an APC person there. We need to find a way to build and a counter-elite institution. Um, and that's the only way we are going to be able to say Nigeria is going to change. Nigeria might Nigeria might change what we have right now. I mean, look at us. Okay, maybe now that two years, Lagos, the Bidens Express Road will be done. Um, maybe another three years or four years, the refineries will be built. Maybe another four years, second Nigeria. We'll get things done in Nigeria. But is that, it's not going to be at the pace of mm. what is required to really turn us around and, and preserve this country. You know, that's mm. my bigger problem. And on the all hands are on deck, they're constantly thinking about how do you be strong institutions that will not mm. respect anybody. I mean, what do you call institutions? That institutions don't respect people. People respect mm. institutions. Institutions. So, mm. That's going to be on board. How do we ensure that resources are efficiently managed for the need of Nigerians? You know, mm. not just because the public officer, even I was watching some, a public officer was deducting 500 million every month mm. for security rates. I mean, what, where exactly would that be? So we need institutions. And for us, the, the counter elites, we need to stop being lazy. We need mm. to stop being professional. We, if we are going to be able to decide that we believe that we need the Nigeria that we need is of this quality of the standard. We need to rise up and do the work. Mm. Mm. Wow. Thank you so much, sir. So the 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 now the follow-up question is that I, I love that you mentioned about resources. Mm. Right? Now we understand the power dynamics and the power environment of politics. Now we understand how institutions um, are going to bridge that gap. But one other thing you observe within that political lands landscape is that it directly affects the economic reality of the electorate, mm. right? Mm. And the thing is, to be more strategic, we need to understand the places where politics and economics interface mm. so that for we young people who are going to take your advice to work towards creating a counter elite, we can hit, you know, those, the, we can hit the nail on the head. So how do we understand the role of institutions and the interplay with the economic reality of every community or, you know, um, an electorate. I mean, you talked about resources. Resources are going to be important. I mean, everywhere in the world, I mean, especially when we are, we are running these expensive 
um, presidential system. I mean, in a parliamentary system, you need to win your your word, you know, your maybe your your constituency, which means you are not campaigning to be president of Nigeria. You are not campaigning around the whole country and seeking constituency. Um, you only need to win your constituency, and that's just it. Um, and and that's why you see in places like um, in the UK, there are people that they have worked well for the party. They have shown um, interest in social justice and also maybe the ideology of the party. They are told so. If someone is maybe from Oyo, because you know that Oshun, uh, maybe maybe you know that uh, Enugu State is always going to be a conservative seat. So you tell someone from Oyo to go and contest as an, a form of elite consensus to go and contest in a safe seat, you know, so that you can get that person into parliament. Um, and, and, and that's why, that's why I'm, first I'm talking about elite consensus. So that makes it easy because the resources you need to talk to 40,000 or 50,000 people is not equal the same resources you need to talk to 15 to 30 million people. Um, and that's make our politics so monetized, so expensive. And what I advise young people is, um, don't run into don't rush into politics. Very very important. Be interested, be engaged, um, but don't 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 become don't run into politics because and and lose the meaning of yourself. And, and we, I say a lot of young people, you know, they they want to do politics, so they get in. And what do they try to become? Maybe, maybe they become national youth leader. Maybe somehow they become the special advisor working on social media. I mean, it depends on what you want in life. But I'm of the opinion that trans is public office is service. So in some sort of way, there has to be some preservation on your side. And that's why we get, a lot of people get into office and it all becomes about themselves. Mm. Trans, which are supposed to have a decent economic means, a decent income means. Before mm. you say, I'm trying to jump into politics. You know, because if, you, if, if public office is about your own means of livelihood, you are going to compromise. Yeah, mm. way you are going to become extremely part of the rot that has been created. You're going to become part of the rot. And so in some sort of way, build, focus your energies in the early part of it. You can be a member of a political party. You can, you can attend world meetings. You can do some little work within your community to be proximate. You might even not choose to be a member of the political party where your engagement is at the level of, you know, um, a social worker for the environment. I want to get this would be want to get this hospital. We want to reach out to this, this member of our national assembly. We want to reach out to this state house of assembly member. That can even be your own part of your work. Hmm. But you should be engaged in one way or the other. But in the actual fact, say, I want to just go and run for office and like that. Let it be, let it be something that because that consensus also happens. Elite consensus is politics. So, so sometimes you will see, see sparks of good. Where people now believe that, oh, this person has done well for this community. Let's give him our support. Mm. And you sometimes you see that it's all about some guy just troubleshooted, just, just parachuted himself from, from one place and brought money and said to everybody in the community, and mm. they'll find it. Mm. There has to be, I'll pray, I, I ask young people, focus for a, for, a, for a first decade of your time of work, focus on building a name, focus on building a career, focus on building a reputation for yourself. And then now you now you now see that you now have um, you are now in a space, you know, where you can now say, okay, I want, you know, to go for public office. I want to take take service, take part in public service because really, 
Let's be honest. How much does the president get? The president's salary is not more than 2.1 million. The senator's salary officially is more than 900,000. The government is supposed not to be more than 1.3 million. The excesses you see from those offices are just you know, public abuse. I just abuse of resources. That's just what it is. So if it's by the book, what you're going to earn, there's really no glory in public office. Mm. Because a lot of people get there and they have high expectations. And those expectations are not met. What is left for them to do starts you know, stealing resources mm. or, or, or adjusting numbers. They're mm. never going to move forward with that way. Yeah. Wow. You know, this, this exposes us that you know, there's, there's a lot of work cut out for institutions. Mm. And one, one, one economic reality, especially for Nigeria, is that the bridge between the political elite, those actually, in, you know, those actually um, 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 holding the political power, and then the young people, and then the electorate, all of those stakeholders, those gaps are mostly created by the economics of it. Mm. Like now, for you, to, for you to get into politics, as you said, you need your own means. In the mm. ideal situation, you just need you know, to be above means. But in the context of Nigeria, <laughs> when, how can you battle against someone who is earning in millions per month, like tens, and, and, tens of millions per month, against, you know, wants to run a, a, a campaign or something, and you, you, are, you are trying to crowdfund, you are trying to, to source for funds. So the economics of it is what is really creating that gap. That means if we in the undergraduate community want to get involved in the creation of institutions, I personally feel, especially by the proposition of the Venture Matrix for the Future of Africa, that the institution should be focused on democratizing economic power. Therefore, how can, how can with this political consciousness with the creation of a political will, how can we make sure that we create political institutions that democratize both political and economic power? Oh, I mean, that's a huge question because I mean, you're, it's, a, it's a chicken and egg problem. The people that lead that narrative um, don't, really, don't really do enough work in terms of democratizing economy. Because I mean, what creates economic power? At the end of the day, it's more about democratizing opportunities. opportunities. Yes, sir. Yeah. If, mm. if we can't democratize, and you find out that in our own situation, we have siloed opportunities to a few persons just because somehow they are also connected to political power. Um, and, and that's why it's a bit challenging, you know, to see people rise, you know, in, in terms of, you know, except that, I, but I see, you know, I see a chance for us. And, and, and the chance I see for us is that with the oil pricing going down, you know, with oil, oil and gas, I mean, all of that space getting much more troubled. Um, the, the place for, for, for us is tech. And I believe that if we're able to get more young people, more young people in technology, we can really, really build a form of economic power that can really transform the Nigerian environment. I'm talking about people being able to build um, solid tech products that can exit wow. billions of dollars. You know, wow. Because if you look at if you look at those who really who live in, okay, let's do a small analysis here. Shey Markinde, he got his money from oil and gas, doing oil and gas service. That quite good. Yeah. He got the Augustine government he got his money from oil and gas, doing oil and gas. Oil and gas, yeah. Governor of Kwara yeah. State got his own money from oil and gas um, um stuff. Mm. Okay, then you have people like maybe some Olu um or the your shown guys that were just consensus from the elite to say, okay, guy, okay, go and sit down there. You know. 
Or you like having an Akira Dolu that builds a reputation being a senior advocate. So in some sort of way, you can see that the way the politics is getting wired now is that you must be of considerable means, you know, to be able to, able to afford to run in the system, you know. Um, and, and the reality is that our own chance that cannot be, that, that we don't need to go and queue at DPR or we don't need to go and queue at, um, at, um, at, the, at NMPCs because we want the quota for oil exports or we want the quota for fuel import. It's for us to take. That's the only opportunity that I see in a scale that democratizes wow. chances for us. And real take too is also wow. that the consumer market of Nigeria, there is an opportunity that Dangote is, is, is doing salt, is doing sugar, is doing flour, is doing cement, because he understands that that's where the consumption of Nigeria lies. We also have an opportunity within that consumption economy if we're able to put resources mm. together. You know, let us give, let us be able, and Dangote is not trying to sell the sophisticated things. He's just trying to sell the basic things. If we're also able to build some economic power in terms of the consumption economy, I see that as a chance too for us. Mm -hmm. But, but, and I feel that there's going to be a shift gradually because as the oil and gas money and all that spaces gets declining, new rise of the elites would come from those from the technology space and for those who are invested in the consumption economy of Nigeria. And the third one can be an opportunity at the diaspora. I mean, look at our getting weekend mm. day by day. So with the little money you wouldn't earn in the US, you can come here and come back here and really be able to do much more. Um, so I'm, that's why I'm never against people traveling out of the country or leaving the country. You know, what I would just advise people is have a consciousness that you have a part to play in Nigeria that should work. But more of my own point is that the economic opportunity will not follow our labs. We will have to walk around creating an institutional under. My biggest chance that I've seen for our own generation to redefine you know, um, the economic power that will lead our politics. It's, I mean, how much does it take? So, and sir, that was, that was exactly what you did with budgets. You adopted technology to shape the narrative about our political yeah, landscape. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I think, and how, much, because you have, how much money does it take to win an election in India? Yeah, it costs a fortune. It costs a lot. I mean, but the reality is that with enough economic power, Within, within our environment is something that we can afford. I mean, it's something that we can mm. do if we're able to pull our resources together. But what we don't have right now as young people is that we don't have the economic power. And even the little we have, we're not organizing ourselves enough. I mean, like I said, I gave the analogy, 10,000 people giving 100,000 a year, a billion people. If we put a billion people, a billion naira in an election in the states, they would know us. They would hear us. Mm. The environment would know mm. that we, are, we, we mean business. Or you put it in some way, they say, like maybe it's another smells like an airborne, you're in that I think we know that, yes, but we, do we have that organizing power and trust to mm. deliver things like that? We don't. And I think that's where we're missing the point. So, yeah. Wow. Let's jump right into the strategy session. Let us, so let us, let us now solve these problems we've been able to identify. Now, you talked about the creation of economic power, and that is a core message in the Venture Metrics uh, for the Future of Africa um, project, right? But one thing we've identified with exploring economic opportunity by creating economic value mm -hmm. is that the, enabling, the, the, the environment within, there's no enabling environment for that, especially as undergraduates, mm -hmm. right? And one thing that, that, that now becomes our vision is, okay, let us gather together and create enabling environments 
um, within our universities. When we can create economic power, uh, when we can create economic value, we are amassing economic power. Hmm. So how do we, so the first strategy session where we need to learn as undergraduates, you know, bringing it home is how do we actually now build those institutions designed to attain, democratize, and distribute political power from creating an enabling environment. So going that route of, okay, now we have an enabling environment for value creation within our, our, our university, right? And one thing I've, I've also noticed is that once there is enough resources, our human nature kicks in, right? And that also now necessitates the rise of institutions to, de to, to you know, democratize and make sure that resources are evenly, okay, not evenly, because you know, that's, that's an illusion, but make sure that resources are distributed um, appropriately, right? Appropriately. So how can we, as undergraduates, create those institutions within that, our own ecosystem that can you know, bridge those gaps? I mean, uh, one of the few things is that we must, we must organization is important. Um, we have to organize ourselves. Um, if there's anything that societies fear, I mean, um, or even any form of system, any form of system that is predatory uh, is afraid of, is as an opposing organization power. Um, so if we, if we, we cannot create those institutions by going all alone, we cannot create those institutions by doing it all by ourselves. Mm. Um, also, build our institutions. We as young people, we need to organize ourselves. And organize ourselves means organize our influence. So mm -hmm. I have an influence, and because I'm not a fan, I'm not a, I'm not a all or nothing person. I'm not a revolutionary now person. I mean, because mm -hmm. I, I, I I don't believe that somehow we're going to get there. You know, we're going to we're going to get there by building a counter force that cannot be ignored. Ignored, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I guess I mean, and that's when we're able to say, like I made the analogy of we're able to deliver. 3 million votes today because we have built an umbrella structure to that level. Mm. Somebody's going to listen. If the political class will listen to us, mm. they, would, they would be interested in where exactly we can do. Because that's most of the people that you see as main actors in the political space, that's what they leverage on. They believe that they are followers mm. that they can follow again. And that's what makes them continuously relevant. You know, so in a way, um, we need to find, a, we need to but we need to create some work on our organization as young people. The second thing we need to also do more is that we need to also now create, um, we need to, that's to be a target on our mind. What are we, exactly are we trying to do? I created a group recently called, the WhatsApp group called, called Future Collective. Hmm. You know, and what was I trying to do? I looked for my friends in APC, in PDP, those are neutral. We all come together in a group. And so it's a no old bad, you know, unfiltered kind of conversation. And the question I'm asking myself is, a generation of the, this, this generation of the political class is going to disappear in 10 years, no matter how you like it or not. This generation of the political class will disappear in 10 years. If you don't disappear by ill health, you will disappear by nature, or somehow you are going, yeah, you are going to leave. You know? So in some sort of way, who is now going to be that replacement generation? The same people we have in the system that are trying to walk their way up and they have been punished by the system or their own children who exactly don't know the meaning of some of them don't know the meaning of sacrifice or the work mm. that needs to be. And I'm asking them, we have to find a way to deliberately build a replacement generation. Mm. And for us to build a replacement generation is that we need to force, irrespective of wherever we find ourselves, APC, PDP, whatever, we need to decide and say, where exactly is our purpose? Mm. Wherever we're going to find ourselves in, like, where exactly is our purpose? 
There's going to be a purpose to ourselves. This is what I want to personally do. But there has to be a bigger purpose around the institution of Nigeria. Mm. I think um, we have to, that has to be our main aim. And so it's not something that would, it's not something that would happen suddenly. It's not something that will happen next year or next two years. It's something that we will have to create a target right now, a purpose right now, and build around. We want in the next 10 years, people in this class to be the shapers and movers of policy in Nigeria. And we are going to be involved and interested and invested in them to make sure that they can get into those places. And I think that's what we have to basically do. Um, the system we have as Nigeria, because of the complexity of religion, tribe, and the rest, mm. it doesn't give us a lot of regroup to disrupt. It doesn't create an energy for a disruption in Nigeria. Nigeria yeah. is not going to be disrupted. Nigeria everybody has that fans that say, oh, the country is only, everybody's the, the... Like an Arab Spring. <laughs> no, I mean, everybody says that thing. No, it's not going to be variable. No, because look at ordinary Aerofight was said, Aerofight, they say, okay, Aerofight don't come to the NBA conference just because um, we believe that you did not respect court judgment at a particular time or you had the Muslim in the judiciary. True or untrue, I don't know. But that conversation easily generated to, oh, it's another, it's an it's not agenda. Who is uh, is because it's a, the Muslims are kicking against you, that conversation? The meaning of that conversation was lost to religion and tribe, you know. And reality is that when you have a society that has nothing really to offer, the, the, the normal the, the, the default offering is to is, is to divert attention to emotional issues mm. around religion and tribe, identity mm. issues around religion and tribe. Mm. That's exactly what we, we would have to just take. Like someone is writing a group. We will have to be patient and grow gradually, but grow with a purpose mm. you know, and grow in, as a group you know, together. Wow. Wow. I totally identify with these points you've made, sir, um, you know, in, in, in coordination towards a purpose. And, you know, we've highlighted that there are three tools that we'll need to, to achieve or explore this, um, this purpose, and which are what policies, um, projects, or platforms and then partnerships. So as an undergraduate community, how do we best employ these tools to lead change through institutions that democratize political power? You know, we have to be involved in those who are frontline leaders. You know, mm -hmm. when I'm frontline leaders of trying to demand an effective Nigeria. So we have, mm -hmm. whatever work is, when one is doing around electoral reforms, because under the normal electoral system, you know, it's going to mm. be challenging for even those with noble intentions to win elections. Mm. I did a, um, I did this. I do always do sample underground political work. You know, by go to Obumasho from Obumasho, so I go to Obumasho. I, I just speak to some few political leaders around. I mean, how, how does the political environment look like? You know, it's always going to be always around. Um, ah, this person will have won this election. But we had to rig it in the last minute. This person could have won, but you know, I mean, I've heard things like that often that uh, people have won, but we had to adjust the numbers. And that's the reality. Our electoral system will not deliver the kind of fully deliver the kind of results we want. So the, when, when we want policies to happen, we also have to start aligning with frontline leaders who are trying to make that change happen. I mean, the work budget trying to do on fiscal transparency, the work that people like Clark or people like Yaga are trying to do when it comes to electoral reform. We also have to find a way to build partnerships with people like that so we can amplify that kind of conversation much more. Mm. But those policies are important to really transform how you know, the environment that we are going to have. Projects, proximity. Mm. I will tell you about 
proximity. Because mm. proximity is what begets trust. Wow. So, there is always this approach of we're going to run for an office three months to an election or four months to an election. It's better we take attention, extra attention at being proximate to people, you know, being involved with people. I mean, I'm not going to be under the illusion that I will sit in the US, I will sit in, 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 in Lagos, and I'll just jump into Bumash and I want to run for us of well. We have to mm. sit back, be proximate. You know, understand? I mean, a lot of times we say it's stomach infrastructure. Oh, mm. no, the reality is that that's what the politicians have found as an entry route of proximity. Mm. And if you play that game, we would have to be able to play that game also in some sort of way. Wow. So that we can trust. Because we are not going to end trust on, 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 on speaking high-level English for the kind of literacy level environment that we have in Nigeria. We need to understand what proximity means. I'm not talking about sharing a bag of rice. Proximity could be exercise book for their children. Proximity could also mean um, empowerment training for their women. Proximity could mean that when there was this whole pandemic was happening, we, 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 we encouraged the people in the community to make face masks and we could take a bit off them. Mm. That and we were able to distribute all of that. That is what I mean by proximity. Mm. We can't stay away from communities and we expect now to reap gains from the environment. Because at the end of the day, we become too great to be ignored even by the establishment political class and say, okay, guys, okay, we will give you a shot to really go ahead for this. I mean, and I think that's what I want us to do more as young people. Um, not us, you know, you know carrying tall fences and believe that it's all about us. I mean, and I'm not saying that we need all the money to do this. Just mm -hmm. the intent or, or just showing up is extremely as important. And, um, the third part, when you, when you speak about um, partnerships, partnerships is when, yeah. I mean, we, we, that's the only way we can we can we can really thrive as as young people. Mm. Um, because what I fear most for Nigeria is is indifference, um, mm. indifference of, 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 of the citizen. Which You're right, sir. You're right, sir. Yeah, look at the increase in fuel, fuel prices. Look at the increase in electricity. In a, in, in, a, in a Nigeria 10 years ago, there will be agitation, there will be anger, there will be a lot of, you know, pent up vexation, like we need to go and protest, we need to get angry. You can see, even if you make that for a price for 200 naira tomorrow, looks like Nigeria have, been, have, have resigned to faith. Hmm. You know, they have accepted, like, okay, I mean, I'm indifferent to whatever the, the standard environment is saying. And I, 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 there's some sense of, of powerlessness, you know, yes. going on. In the Nigerian side, and that gets me worried the whole lot of Um, and it's going to be important that for us to be able to end that trust, for us to be able to transform that world, we need much more partners. We lost a few things, and I always tell my friends in society mm. when, when Biden came into power, everybody was carried away with his blitz. Mm. When he first increased the fuel to 141, labor called for protest, and nobody showed up for the protest. Everybody sat up and said, Oh, labor has started protesting again. So Labour now is not even calling for protest. I mean, because you've broken that edge of trust that they had mm. with society and organized unions to say every time they, they, at least there should be a, there, there should be some reflection within political capacity. Before we can increase fuel of price, we need to end trust to do that. So we are going to take some steps. Maybe it's to cost got cost um, cut cost of governance. Maybe it's to be able to um, make sure that the communication of the remover is much more empathetic and much more subtle. Mm. But you know. At this, at this point, the political class does not feel any form of pressure or demand. Mm. They, they see the chance to do whatever they want. So it's very important for us, you know, to, to constantly be able to carry 
to, to form partnership with frontline leaders and build that bond, and build that bond together. That's the only way we're going to be able to transform this. Because we can't run it alone. Um, and we can't even run it on the current systems that we have. We're not going to win elections on the current systems that we have. We're not going to be able to make significant changes on the current systems that we have. Unless we are also working with frontline leaders that are actively advocating you know, for that change. While we also use that opportunity to build our own economic power, we also use that opportunity to also even be more proximate and you know, close to the people. Wow. Wow. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're five minutes close to the hour mark. So that means we have only, I, you know, I'd have loved to follow up on that, but, you know, I have to respect your time. So we're going to take the last question, uh, round up with the forum, right? So in all of this wisdom you've shared, all of these insights that you've, you've freely given to us, um, what do you think as the undergraduate community? Because, you know, I, I, I made a post on my status, um, I think yesterday, that when it looked like, you know, having everybody at home, and by everybody, I mean the undergraduate community go home to their parents, it looked like, you know, the safe haven, right? But I felt it was, you know, it was, it was biggest disservice because of how productivity has dropped within that community. So within the context of where we are now, you know, amidst all of the wisdom you've shared, what do you think is the one thing we first need to, as you say, organize on? you know, going forward, um, you know, going, going forward? First, I, I, I will tell people that first, um, you know, um, we, I mean, it's a young time of our life. I mean, I, mean, I believe that the, the, the formative times for a child or for a, for a person, I'm not saying child, for a person is in your 20s. Mm. Uh, that's really when you're able to set an agenda. And I'm not saying that all the fruits will bloom in your 20s. I'm not, I'm not carrying that illusion. I'm just saying that where you where you can actually turn the parts of your life, you know, is really in your twenties. I mean, people say when you get married, you, even you can't even change a TV station in your house. You know? <laughs> so, so what I advise people is this is the chance for you to really define purpose. Mm. And I don't want us to carry a messianic thinking to Nigeria. True. So Nigeria, Nigeria would. I mean, I mean, we, we would play our part. But before we have to clear our parts, we must have the capacity and the competence to really even able to even do it. Mm. That's what I advise young people is that this is the time to really define what exactly you want to do in life and be able to aggressively and passionately pursue it. So I will focus first on the individual at this point before even I'm thinking about what am I going to do for the community of Nigeria. Mm. Let's, let's, I mean, let's, I mean, I, I mean, to God's glory, I mean, I, I will say, okay, uh, I can call someone who will to and say, ah, I'm so someone who will do this, 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 that, this, that. Um, are you going to be able to come for our event? And we should somehow show up. I mean, if you can't show up, say, oh, I can't show up because of this reason or not. No, because you're able to build your own capacity to that level. And I think that's what we should do as more young people. Pay attention to develop ourselves. Pay attention to be deliberate about our work and its visibility. Mm. Um, pay attention to, uh, you know, to also organize some form of sustenance for ourselves. One. Second is now it, it, carrying a sense of community also with us. Um, we also can think that it's going to be all about us, even as we try to improve ourselves. We're also thinking clearly as undergraduates, a sense of not just in Nigeria that works for me, mm. in Nigeria that works you know, for everybody. Mm. Um, I run a small charity personally. I run a um, scholarship for my church in Ibadan, Abalaitura, you know, and 
and it's just it's also tied to my own sense of purpose. Like, okay, I have a little bit of resources. I should also also be helpful to those within the environment. And I think that's what we get missing. And that's what you even see a lot of people that are not empathetic, just because public office also becomes an, an opportunity for wealth accumulation. Mm. You know, for wealth, for wealth. You know, it's very important that for us as young people, let's have a sense of community. Let's be helpful to others. Let's be helpful to other groups and let's create partnerships in there. And that's what's going to be much more useful for us right now. And thirdly, let's organize towards a goal. I mean, that's what I would say. Let's organize towards a goal. And a goal is going to be a five year, 10 year, 20 year, 15 year. Let's organize towards a goal in terms of the, the story of Nigeria. And when it comes to the story of Nigeria, this is where I want to be. This is the part I want to play. I want to play change in the health system of Nigeria. I want to play story change in the education system of Nigeria. I'm going to be able to walk around it, build my competence, build my capacity around it. Even means I have to go and do a master's around it, absolutely. Even means I have a foundation and NGO, absolutely. Even means I write papers and books around it, absolutely. I'm going to get my capacity to a point that I can no longer be ignored. And I'm, I'm able to have an opportunity to make my own change within the system. Those are the things that I want us as young people to have within our mindset. You know, as we go along the way. Thank you so much. Wow, <laughs> this has been such an exciting and fun session. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Cheryl, for sharing such, such gems with us. Uh, I trust that those who are participating now and those who would have to follow up on this, um, especially within the program, have been, they are going to be impacted. And, um, you know, we are, go we are going to see concerted action from this. Um, at least I, 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 owe, I owe that to you for, for having you spend an hour with us. So thank you so much, Mr. Cheryl. Um, I hope you had fun engaging us. And um, yes, the comment section, uh, yes, everyone, everyone is showing excitement in the comment section. Um, yes, but please, before you go, I think I saw one question that, you know, I would personally like to also get an answer to. It was about age. Someone was asking about, um, yes, do you think there should be an age consideration in our political institutions? And are you in support of the not too young to rule Okay, of course you are. Um, do you think there should be? Yeah. So, is there should there is is there should there be an age consideration in the development of political institutions? I I, I don't think so. I, I don't think there should be an age barrier. So, if you are sixty, you can do, or you no. I don't I don't think so. Like I said, and I someone complained, we need what we need much more is our own capacity. Mm. You know, as a young people, when we meet public office holders, what we do is we trying are we trying to get a selfie? We're trying to make a statement of our capacity. You know, we have to be able to come in a way that we, we, we sound like the real deal people. We know what we are saying and we understand our facts and we understand mm. these things. I mean, that's what I, I advocate for people. Um, if we are going to, it's going to be the form of entitlement to say, um, I like the not young to run. I like that the barrier for entry is much more lower. But I wanted to, I still wanted to be able to get a competitive structure, you know. Um, one of the few things that we also that, that is a limitation actually right now is the cost that is required for you even to run for public office, and I think that's what somehow the not young wrong to young wrong people have understood that we also need to work around electoral reforms that mm. reduce actually the cost of running for office. Yes, sir. But that's a different conversation. We start somewhere and we are going to move to the next place, and we, and that's the work of advocacy. It never stops. It's never ending it's because you are different. You are dealing with human systems here. Can intricate and complex. Yes. So, my, my own advice is we should not have a barrier, you know, to, to age. Um, we can have a barrier for entry. We can even be much more lower, but 
we're not saying okay, if you are 70. I mean, it's left, for, that's why I say it's left for the political class for their own interest to decide what exactly do they want. If someone is 25, look at the academy body, maybe the guy is 41. Yeah. The commissioner in the kitty state, the guy who is, uh, who is the commissioner for finance is much, is much younger than him. I mean, and we have had people, they go a commissioner of you, commissioner for, for you transport. Or your state, I think it's, it's less than 30. Yes. You know, exactly. That's the kind of, but that also does not mean competence is the only thing. I'm not saying those guys are not competent. I'm just saying uh, being young does not, does not define competence or does not define capacity. Let's mm -hmm. be the ones who invest much more in ourselves so that the political class that this is the place that can bring value much more to us. Mm. Okay, sir. Please, one more question, please. This will be the final question. Okay, and, and I really like this question. It's about, so I think we need to, you know, I really love that all of the things you've said, you've stayed away from the government, right? It has been more self-responsibility as the undergraduate community. But we still need to understand the role of the government if we want to understand how to play within that area. So, um, you know, increasing an area environment for young people within the undergraduate community, what are the approaches that the government must take in bridging the gap between industry, government, and institutions? Or to better rephrase that question, what are the parts that we can actually hold the government accountable for? And what are the parts that we are supposed to be responsible for? Agree. I mean, that's, it's, it's, I ran away from government because I, I know that, I mean, and I intentionally did that because I, I like young people to foresee destiny as theirs. I mean, yes. mm. and, and, and be deliberate about defining their own pathway, you know, um, and coming to from a point of capacity. I mean, but reality, to hold government accountable, one, service delivery. Mm. I mean, and, 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 and that's mean about what are, what are supposed to be in our school that are not there. Hmm. What exactly is supposed to be there? And we have, and for example, people will go to public universities, I mean, or people will live in communities where you have a primary school, a secondary school. What should the standards be like? You know, um, service delivery is something that we can hold government much more to. Let's get the bright, I mean, and look into the budget, work into what budget is doing or what other organizations are doing. We need to hold government accountable. Service. I want to see young people want every day the same way they talk about um what's the name of that girl that was evicted? Um Erica. Yeah. Erica. That, I told I told that if you if you if you if you plan a coup on that in that afternoon, nobody will even know that the coup has happened because the whole country was just fixated on 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 um on on, on Erica. I mean I wish also have that kind of energy. You know, I wish that kind of energy and energy that we all go and say this is the quality that its university should be. This is the quality a, 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 a primary school system should be. This is the quality an education system should be. Because you see, public resources are finite. That means they are limited. And and yeah. as long as we are not putting on the pressure to get resources to be effectively more used you know, for mm. the society, you know. As long as we are not getting what is used for the society, it will keep being used more for private interest. So it is in our own interest mm. to constantly agitate that this can this be a living condition of students in this 21st century? Can be this be the living condition of an hospital in the 21st century? And be able to provoke mm. the emotion of those in public office to do what is right. Because there's mm. enough resources to some extent to do what is right. So that's my own, um, that's why I feel we can do much more. Be, be, be the vanguards for service delivery in public office. And beyond that, also, mm. it's also the outcomes. 
So sometimes, hmm. I'll, I'll come is that, okay, you build a school. So what's, that's fine. I mean, the school is building chairs that are there supply, but what's the outcome of learning? I mean, hmm. the children read like, at the, do they have the numeracy of, at the right appropriate age? I mean, look at our university. What's the propriety of our curriculum? Is that what is solid or, or useful enough for the environment that we have right now? No. Um, when we have softwares and people are still saying solve from first principle, I mean, what <laughs> what is the what is the usefulness of solving from first principle in a world that is now governed by you know by governed by soft soft softwares? Software. So I mean, I mean, I mean, we are analyzing circuits by hand. I mean, when exactly I say superposition theorem, something, something theorem, there are math labs, there are solutions that 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 would. Analyze the circuit for you and you can move on from your life. Just, I mean, being able to also now does not think about physical structure, but outcomes. I mean, mm. outcomes that we can now say we just didn't build a school, but we now have students that are properly trained. People just didn't go to universities, because, but they are now fit and purpose, fit and proper for the competitive environment. Those are the things that we also now have to start even agitating as young people. You know that we want service delivery, but you must go beyond that to also look at the the, the, the soft element of the systems that deliver mm. the right kind of education or the kind of healthcare systems that we want. And until we are able to do that, I mean, we are not we are not um, we are not going forward. We are not going forward. And I think that's where the young graduate should do much more. You know, mm. that's, and, and 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 even if it's not happening, I mean. The world is an is our oyster. I mean, I, I, forget that I'm, I'm, I'm an electric graduate. I need electrical electronics engineering school. So there I do budget experts analysis for different, even the World Bank, we do a lot of analysis for them. It's your choice to take the opportunity to learn mm. and find out and continuously invest much more in what you do. I mean, mm. it's your choice to mean- Alert from system UI server. This is rocket science. Mm. Well, I don't know. Even if it's rocket science, the rocket science can be learned. So mm. take your time, you know, and, and invest. See yourself as a global citizen. Don't see yourself. Yes, sir. Exactly. Don't, mm. don't judge yourself by the by the, the, the standards that were afforded to you in the university. No, you, know, you'll get, you'll be getting, you'll be doing a huge damage to your to your to your capacity, or mm. you'll be doing a huge limitation to what you can be. Think if we are doing environmental management, so what are the best standards in environmental management? Mm. Go further and find a way to learn, to be able to be proficient and to be standard in that. That's the only way. And you can now, now build your own advocacy to be advocating for the system changing because that system is also complex. I mean, is it our universities that some of them are not computer literate? Is it the lecturers that are really not that are resistant to change and say, okay, this is how they have been teaching. I mean, we had a, when I was in university, we had people that say, well, this is how we're teaching. This is what we were teaching in 1982, and it was, was carrying with pride teaching us in 2005. I mean, I mean, mm. you have to be able to, we, we have to understand that these systems take time, mm. you know. Um, but if we are going to, we first have to first agitate for our own, our own self, um, self-survival. Let me if I use that word. Before we are now we walk around, what can we even do to, even to transform the community? Mm. And that's the only way I see this. I'm going to send a link to this. Um, to this to this group, and I hope we all read it. It's one of my recent reflection. Um, when I when I came back from my Obama Foundation um, Scholars Program, um, um, and I hope that you you find it useful. Oh yes, it will it will, it will become part of our resources um, in the in the program. But we 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 are we're waiting for. Oh, have you shared the link, sir? 
Well, I'm trying to find it. Uh, I think my laptop is going down. Okay, um, okay, no problem. Wow, so thank you so much. So we've come to the end of today's session. Um, wow, it, is, it has been an experience. Um, thank you everyone for joining in on the conversation. Um, do, do have a great day, right? So it's still, it's still on, Mr. Show is still on to share that, but you know, this is the end of, of the recording. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, okay, I think I'll find.